from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. A parent has a lot of control in some cases over their child. And so just notifying them almost in a lot of cases can turn into a consent. The people who weren't involving a parent before this law went into effect did not feel comfortable with whoever kind of qualified as a parent under this law. They had other trusted adults that they would rather talk about this very, very private um, healthcare decision with. I am not advocating for people to have an abortion because I want more people to have an abortion. Medical providers are making decisions with their patients. They are involving a lot of medical evidence. I'm Sarah Fenske. The Illinois House joined the Senate last week in voting to repeal one of the state's last remaining restrictions on abortion. The state had required the parents be notified anytime someone 17 years or younger sought an abortion. That is now being repealed. That repeal was fought bitterly by anti-abortion activists. Eric Scheidler is the executive director of the Pro-Life Action League, and he said this about last week's repeal. So what's happened here is that the Illinois General Assembly has put the wishes of Planned Parenthood ahead of the wishes of of Illinois parents. Um, Even pro-choice parents want to be informed when their daughter gets an abortion. And uh, studies have consistently showed a significant majority of Illinois voters support the Illinois Parental Notice of Abortion Act. So this is a a really cynical move where the legislature has completely ignored what the voters and the parents actually want and what's best for girls – and I say that as a father of, of teenage girls, uh, and, and cited instead with, uh, with Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Now, that is the perspective of Eric Scheidler, the executive director of the Pro-Life Action League. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker has said he will sign this bill into law. It would go into effect in June of 2022. Now, Dr. Erin King is the executive director of Hope Clinic for Women in Granite City, Illinois. She testified in favor of this bill, and she joins us today to discuss it. So, Dr. King, welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. So before we get into the political context here, let's talk about how the law stood and how that's going to change. How do things currently work in Illinois for someone 17 years or under who finds herself pregnant and and wants to get an abortion? So currently in Illinois, the Parental Notification Act is in effect. It was passed in 1995, but did not go into effect for several legal reasons until 2013. So really only talking the last eight years. And the law requires, excuse me, the law requires a parent, a legal guardian, a grandparent or step parent living in the patient's home to be notified about the abortion appointment. That notification has to happen about two days, so 48 hours in advance of the appointment. There are some exceptions. If the patient brings their parent to the appointment, Mm -hmm. that notification can happen in person on the same day. Um, There are also some exceptions um, for certain minors that meet. And we're talking about minors. We're talking about people less than 18 years old. So, um, And there's certain criteria that minors can meet um, to 
to meet like there's very small exceptions and some of them are around um, the concern for uh, a minor who may be being abused and they cannot notify a parent or uh, there's a process called judicial bypass that is very complicated but a patient can go through if they really don't feel like they can comply with a healthcare provider notifying their parent um, or one of those other people we mentioned about their abortion. So there are some exceptions that that can be made. Um, and so that law is still in effect, and we are still doing that right now as we speak. If a minor calls Hope Clinic for Women and wants to schedule an appointment for an abortion, we do. It's on the healthcare provider to notify the correct person to comply with the law. And that requires, in most cases, that requires notifying someone that the patient has already talked to about this. They may even be on the phone with the patient. They may be standing right there. In some cases, it requires us to go through a very complicated process with that patient, mm-hmm. um, or they have to go through their own process to figure out how to comply with the law so that they can see us for their repro- reproductive health care. Have you ever found um, that for one of these teens that they're really surprised that this is part of the law and this becomes a roadblock for them? So we see both sides. We see patients, we see minor patients who are very surprised when they call in because Mm -hmm. most other reproductive health care in Illinois uh, say you're pregnant and what any other health care service or if you're trying to access birth control or sexually transmitted infection testing or treatment, you do not need to involve a parent uh, for those uh, cases. And so we find a lot of patients are very surprised because this seems to be right in the vein with other healthcare services that they've accessed without a parent. We have minors who may already be parents themselves, and they've gone through an entire pregnancy, prenatal care, uh, maybe even a cesarean section, going to all their visits, maybe getting all sorts of different treatments in pregnancy, and they did not need to involve a parent. So yes, we see minors all the time that are very surprised they have to involve a parent. We also see minors that have heard, because most there are many states in the United States, in fact, most states that have some sort of parental involvement law, and the uh, patients have often heard about this, and it's often very confusing for them. Mm -hmm. And so they've often heard actually a lot of misinformation about the law, and they're confused about whether they have to have their parent actually consent to the abortion whether they have to bring that parent to the appointment, how the notification happens. There's a lot of confusion around the law too. So we actually have minor patients calling that are already very confused and feel very upset that there's kind of already these barriers in their mind with um, a law that is a barrier, but that we can you know, help them help them work through uh, how it works best for them. I'm glad you mentioned that idea of, of this conception they have that they have to get their parents' consent. This isn't consent. This is just notification, right? So you, you're going to tell the parent, and once you've checked that box, even if the parent says, I don't want this to happen, um, that doesn't stop it from happening. Correct. Correct. This is a notification law. The patient is not the notifier. It is the healthcare provider Mm -hmm. that notifies the parent or the other people that qualify. And the, the, so the process is different. And so patients are confused about that as well. Although we do know that just notifying 
a parent often then can start a chain of events that almost is equal to consent because you know that parent has a lot of control a parent has a lot of control in some cases over their child and so just notifying them almost in a lot of cases can turn into a consent mm-hmm. uh, where in a, in a case where a minor's concerned that that might happen it's it's very it's it sounds nuanced it's very the same it's very similar so we really i like to call it parental involvement like if you're involving that parent all of a sudden you've involved them in something potentially that a patient may not want them involved with. Hmm. So earlier, we heard from Eric Scheidler. He's the executive director of the Pro-Life Action League. He's one of the activists who fought hard against this repeal. Um, And he said this about what he believes will be the impact of this law, has been the impact of this law, and what its repeal will do. The Parental Notice of Abortion Act was saving a couple thousand lives every single year. The reason for that is that so many women, including the young women who are covered by, used to be covered by this law, um, really don't want abortion. They are looking for any reason not to go through with it, looking for any kind of a sign, any kind of a, an excuse. And the mere fact that Planned Parenthood or another abortion provider would be informing one of their parents that the abortion was taking place was an, has been enough to convince thousands of girls not to go through with abortions. And there's a lot of research on that from a uh, Professor Michael New at Catholic University, uh, showing that particular measures like parental involvement laws and taxpayer funding um, restrictions have a tremendous impact on abortion rates, which is why Planned Parenthood and other abortion providers fight so hard to get these laws overturned. And that, again, is Eric Scheidler of the Pro-Life Action League. I imagine there's a number of things you want to unpack with what he just said there, (laughs) Dr. Aaron King. I'll, I'll let you start where you want to start on that. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So I have to, I have to, I want to back up just a a small um, bit about, so I am a doctor, I'm a physician. And when medical providers are making decisions with their patients, they're involving a lot of medical evidence. So I don't just make decisions with patients and give them recommendations on treatment or care, just based on my opinion, or the opinion of maybe the two patients before them or things like that. I'm looking at research that involves multiple patients uh, that are research that has been looked at by multiple sources, editors, people who really look and say, hey, this this is valid research. These are the way this research was conducted or the way that some say an interview or a chart review was conducted means that the outcomes of that research are valid. Okay. So that's what I'm basing a lot of what I do as a physician on. And so Actually, the research shows that when you put more barriers in front of someone that is accessing abortion, that they, it is harder for them to get that abortion, um, and they are less able to make the choice for them. And I think that is what is most important when we're talking about reproductive health care, is that the patient, in this case, the minor patient, can make their own choices about their own health care. So... In some ways, I, I, w- I would never say I agree with 90% of what that statement just said mm-hmm. um, that you played, but I do agree a little bit in the fact that, yes, this blocks people from getting abortion. And I am not advocating for people to have an abortion because I want more people to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. I want people who've made that decision for themselves, maybe with a partner, their parent, maybe a different trusted adult, their physician, if they think that at this point in their life, 
they cannot be a parent, they cannot be pregnant, then they need to have the least amount of barriers to access safe care. And I am basing my opinion on decades of research around parental involvement laws that show that patients are less likely to access any type of reproductive health care, prenatal care, birth control, sexually transmitted infection care, if their privacy can't be protected, and if there seem to be more barriers to that care. And certainly in a case where a patient does not want to notify their parent, that is a barrier. And so removing that barrier doesn't mean that, oh my gosh, now everyone's going to go get an abortion that didn't want one. What What it means is that the, a minor can now access the abortion care, this reproductive health care, in a safe manner as early as possible without having to travel long distances. They can find a provider that can provide this care, and they can do it on that patient's time frame. Um, so, it, you know, it's I would never say I want to agree, but these laws, the parental involvement laws, were written and enacted to stop people from having abortions. Mm-hmm. Sounds like There's the one no thing th- that you two could agree on is that these laws have an impact. And so this repeal of this law, this has an impact. He's he's not happy about that impact. You feel like this is going to be a good result. That's like the one thing the two of you are on the same page about when it comes to this. Do you have any Absolutely. sense? Yeah. Uh, Dr. King, do you have any sense of just how many teens are affected by having this law in the books? So it's really hard to quantify because you know, we've we've looked at so um, Hope Clinic for Women, which is where I practice, w- did a, actually looked at, uh, did a research study looking uh, at the year right before the uh, notification law went into effect and the year after the notification law went into effect, mm-hmm. and we did see a slight decrease in the number of minors accessing care. Now, there's been a lot of studies on this, and it kind of goes back and forth. But the problem is, is it's really hard to capture the information from the patients who then can't get the care. Like you can capture the patients who you see for care, Mm -hmm. but you can't capture the patients and ask them, oh, hey, why didn't you make it into the clinic? Why did you continue a pregnancy that you didn't want to continue? Like, how did that happen? How has it affected you? Because it's really hard to find those patients. And so um, what we do see is the patients that are able to reach us before and after the law. After the law went into effect, patients came at later gestational ages, so they're further along in their pregnancy. They traveled further distances, and they actually, interestingly, felt forced not so much to have an abortion or not to have an abortion, but they felt that their decision was more forced in a way, um, how they answered, they both answered positive and negatively, by notifying by this law, by having to notify someone that they didn't feel comfortable notifying. They felt like they were getting forced, pushed in many different directions, more so than if they were making their own decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, we out, we also found out that most minors already involved a parent. They already involved a parent. The people who weren't involving a parent before this law went into effect did not feel comfortable with whoever kind of qualified as a parent under this law. They had other trusted adults that they would rather talk about this very, very private um, healthcare decision with. Uh, and so those are those are the people we're really, really concerned about with this law in effect. And it's hard, it's I mean, it's really hard to quantify. We're talking about, you know, um, a small number of people, but those are the most vulnerable people we're talking about, people who can't talk to a parent that don't have this 
ideal you know, family support system in place already. Um, those, those are the patients that we were most worried about when we've been talking about repealing the Parental Notification Act. We're talking today to Dr. Erin King. She's the executive director of Hope Clinic for Women in Granite City, Illinois. Um, the Illinois House and the Senate have both now voted to repeal the state's Parental Notification Act. Um, Dr. King, this has been something where um, a broad coalition of organizations have worked to fight this law ever since it went into effect in 2013. I'm sure going back even before that. What do you think made this time different? So... So, yeah, this is a broad coalition of uh, youth advocates. I think that should be first and foremost of people who've been fighting this law. Youth advocates, the patients themselves have been fighting this law. It has been healthcare providers. It has been public health researchers and advocates. So there's been a big group of people, um, human rights lawyers, that have been fighting this law and trying to get it repealed. What is different now is the people of Illinois have elected both a governor and many new members of a state legislature that have made their priority of reproductive health care one of the top parts of their platforms when they ran. It was very clear that reproductive health care access was extremely important. I'm talking about birth control, prenatal care, postpartum care, abortion. I'm talking about all sorts of reproductive health care. The new, new-ish governor, Pritzker, um, he came into office in 2018, and or, I'm sorry, he was elected in 2018. He made it extremely clear, along with these new legislators, that this would be one of their top agenda items, and they have pushed through. I mean, just coming off of a Republican governor who signed into law Medicaid coverage of abortion in Illinois, which covers a lot of people um, who have a hard time accessing health care services. That moved into, in 2019, Illinois passing the Reproductive Health Act that undid a abortion law that's the same age as I am. So it was passed in 1975 and repealed that and put into effect essentially a law that made abortion similar to all other health care in Illinois and regulated it the same. And then moving into this, which is kind of one of the last laws standing in Illinois that was restricting access to reproductive health care. It's a law that was passed 1995, so a long time ago, with a very different legislature, a very different governor. And these are people that the, you know, the citizens of Illinois elected to be their leaders, and they ran on platforms where it was very clear that this was a high priority for them. And the governor, even when this law was signed last week to repeal parental notification, said that he wholeheartedly supports this because he thinks Illinois should be a beacon of hope for patients, including minors from across, you know, across the Midwest to be able to access health care. And so I think this is right in line with everything that's been happening in Illinois is what the people of Illinois have elected these officials to do, and they are doing it. So Emily Wirth is a staff attorney for the ACLU of Illinois. She talked to our producer, Laura Hamden, and here's what she said about the state of this uh, when it comes to Illinois. Many people talk about how Illinois is a safe haven for abortion care in the Midwest, and to a certain extent that is true. And certainly for that to be true, we needed to repeal the harmful forced parental notice law, which will be accomplished next year. So that will move us even closer to being that safe haven. But there are a lot of barriers that people within Illinois can still experience to accessing abortion care. If you're from 
outside of the metropolitan areas, there are not very many providers available to you. You may have to drive many hours and that can be difficult for people in terms of getting away from work and arranging for childcare, et cetera. Um, there are people who are under or uninsured and therefore you know, don't have any way of paying for their abortion. Um, and they're still you know, struggling to access abortion care in Illinois. Um, although we did pass a law called the Reproductive Health Act a few years ago that does um, impose requirements for private health insurance to cover abortion, um, there's still a lot of confusion around the implementation of that law. And so there are lots of people still who, who maybe should have insurance coverage, but they're being denied wrongfully that we need to resolve those. So even with very strong laws on the books, which we will have once the Parental Notice Act goes away in Illinois, there are many, many other practical barriers that we need to be vigilant about making sure that we that people have the resources and the support and the information to overcome. And that, again, is Emily Wirth. She's a staff attorney for the ACLU of Illinois, which supports this repeal. Uh, Dr. King, in just our final minute here, um, people in Missouri often look at Illinois. Yeah, this is a safe haven. You know, women's uh, reproductive rights are, are safe there. But it sounds like from what Emily Wirth is saying, there are still battles to, to fight here. And this is something that, that you intend to be on top of. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so many barriers that aren't legislated that we can still work on to help patients get all sorts of reproductive health care access. But abortion is extremely critical to not forget, to make sure that people have this access to safe care, that they feel like they can get to a provider and they can make decisions for themselves about what they need to do with their lives. Do they need to be a parent now? Do they not need to parent now? They need that power. They need that control over their own bodies and their own lives. And our job is to make sure they have access to that care and help support their decision in a way that eliminates as many barriers as possible. Well, Dr. Aaron King, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. This episode was produced by Laura Hamden with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.